Hello and welcome to the I Am Certain That This Is A Podcast podcast. I'm your host, Mark Paul Freeman, and I'm here with my wife, Anna Paul Freeman. Hello. And our good friend, Daniel Fulgato, who mixed, engineered, produced the new record from Anna called Certain. Um, We're going to go through each song one by one in order, and the podcast is going to be episode per episode, one episode per song. Just going through some of the details about the songwriting, the the, uh, content of the song, how the ideas came about, and we'll just allow conversations to go naturally from there. Um, We may bring on a guest or two throughout. We may. Still in the works. Um, But yeah, uh, I think we'll just kick it off in the beginning, talking a little bit before we get into the actual first song and just talk somewhat about the process just leading up to the the full-length album idea itself. You know, Anna's got the EP called Haze that we did um, together as well. But this podcast is to really dig into kind of the next evolution of the music and what inspired that. Um, so, Anna, I don't know if you want to talk about just sort of what led you to think through this next batch of songs in general, coming from the EP that you did before, kind of first learning process to what does this mean? What does the album mean to you now? And like, you know, where where was the beginnings of, of that coming from your previous songs? Yeah. Um, so my first EP for me was a lot of... Um, I was just very new. <laughs> it's the first time I ever really recorded anything to put out for people. Um, I didn't really know how to sing in a recording context. Like it was just me really learning, um, getting like my sea legs for like the recording process. Um, it was also the beginning of me starting to write a lot more honest songs. So the song Haze. I remember at the time being realizing like this is the first time I've ever written a song that was the real true struggle I had and I didn't try to band-aid it with like a God's got it, he's here, you know. Um I just let the questions be questions and not answer them, which was very different for me of the songs that I had been writing. But it also kind of opened up that little box in my heart of the ability to write more honestly. And so by the time Haze came out, I had already been writing most of the songs that are on this album. Um, and I was just ready. Because <laughs> I, I think by that point, I was like, okay, I got those songs out of my system. I'd had those songs <laughs> for years. And yeah. I was ready to um, start to work on these songs that were much more like current in my heart and fresh on my heart. Um, and I I know that, which we can talk about this more, but in the modern day, I'm so old, in the modern day, uh, music seems to be all about like singles and playlists and getting on to um, trying to do the algorithms of Spotify to get your songs out or whatever. And sometimes feels like the days of the album are, Hmm. I don't know, like a little, it is just not as common anymore. Um, But I badly just wanted to make an album. Mm -hmm. So that felt like important to me. Whether or not it gets on many playlists, that's not really the point of it. So, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And so, yeah, enter Dan, the old Dan, who <laughs> we know him as Dan, but you should call him Daniel. Uh, <laughs> anyone before a certain time period is Dan. Yeah. Anyone after a certain time period is yeah, Daniel. Yeah. It's the new, it's the new man. The new at, man. At but Daniel Fulgato. On Instagram, but still not everywhere. Oh, this, oh, yeah, this, this is the problem. I know, I know. Um, I still haven't updated my, you know, CV. Uh, but yeah, uh, Dan uh, came in late in the process of the EP, helped us kind of wrap all of that up and get it out the door, and so it made sense for us to kind of continue that whole relationship. And I mean it's just been awesome working with you and all the things that you've been able to shape and add and help us out with, especially um, as Anna just mentioned, like the beginning of the first time ever recording. Um, And so I don't know, what was it like from your perspective, like kind of hearing these, Anna came to you, you've been over a few times to our house, just kind of saying like, I've got this new batch of songs. Like, what do you think? You know? Yeah. And kind of like the beginnings of, really bringing this into some holistic piece, um, you know, early reactions or, or what did you kind of see in Anna's uh, progression from that first set of things to what was to come next? Mm. Um, the thing, the thing that comes to mind for me was the second batch of songs. So the ones that we just worked on felt more mature than the first not that the first were bad, it's not a good or bad thing, but they felt like this was the next step of her writing and putting something out that's actually from you kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, which I, for some reason, don't know why, but it hadn't really occurred to me. I don't know. For some reason, I don't know if it's just I've been, it's the people that I've worked with in the past or whatever, but it was so clear like, oh, this is like another, like it's a next step. It's not just like another thing you're doing. It's a next step. And you could feel like I felt that next step. The cool thing for me was also your gut reactions to things were more acute in in this process. In the recording process. In the recording process, where it felt like you're, everything was just felt a lot more refined to me, which was really cool. So I don't know, for me, it was just felt like, I, I I don't even know if I've processed that <laughs> time yet, to be honest. I think I, just the recording, I, I was still stuck on the recording phase because yeah. it was all so quick. But um, to me, I was just excited. To, I The thing that I, I feel like I love the most about making music is you have something that literally came from nothing, and then at the end of the day, you have something, mm-hmm. which is that, like, I'm not trying to oversell that, but that feeling is insane. Like, it's just crazy to walk into a room one day and you're like, I don't know where this is going to go or to fight over a song or whatever. And to then be driving home and you're listening to this thing that you created all day long. Yeah. And so for me, that I feel like that rush, it's not even even just a rush. It's like it's this feels, it's this thing that feels very alive and in your feel, it feels very malleable. Um, I just love being able to dig into that stuff. It, it feels, I don't know that there's many other things that make me feel as like human mm-hmm. as that. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Anna, one of the, one of the like mantras or goals going in, I mean, maybe you can explain this more of like, 
what you had intended for just like the overall sound and process of this coming out of the last batch of, re of recording um, to just kind of like have this more organic music, you know, amongst other things and, and even things that we listen to and like um, you were trying to do something sort of particular with this round of songs. Can you explain like a little bit of like your approach going in and kind of what the what the goal was for the sound of, of this? Yeah, we talked a lot about we kept saying real humans playing real instruments. Um, and it's not that there's no computers, right? Um, there's a song called Nothing New on the album that is entirely digital plus I think Rachel whistles. Mm -hmm. That's the only like. <laughs> I think you're right. She does whistle. You're she right. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But other than that, it's all like, you know, done digitally. But I think it just, I don't know. If, oh, I think it, this stemmed from when we played our the EP release show at our house. Um, the three of us plus Mike Tria, who played bass on this album too, played um, live together. And I remember Dan, mm -hmm. you saying, there's something about these songs live. They like, they do really well. They have more life to them. Mm -hmm. And all of us kind of realized like we didn't want to overly um, treat this like a, like a math equation, but how can you put as much feeling and emotion and humanness into the recording process, which equaled the drums not getting edited on the, you know, yeah. which Mark played the drums. So he, and I noticed. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> <laughs> so there's like, there's human involvement. Like there's a, one of the pianos we used, like was out of tune, but we liked that. There's, there's some bits of this where we were wanting to keep that human element of making music there. Um, the pianos are all like live pianos. It's not just a, piano patch yeah. from a MIDI instrument. And I think because of that, you can feel a bit of that, like it's, it's, there's beauty to it, but there's also a bit of grit and messiness, which also goes along with what most of the songs are about. Yeah. So yeah, I think it fits. Yeah. Yeah. What did it feel like for you going from the first EP to the, to the full length, just the process, maybe even like, uh, from a perspective of like, what did it feel technically to go from that process, but then also like from a writing perspective? I think I just got a lot more confidence. There was this time of realizing I just for so long thought that my songs really sucked mm. <laughs> and would even go like, just thought, okay, am I content to just be able to play music? by myself in my living room like is that okay and I'd pray about it and say you know I want to be content with that but that was just kind of like spiritualized insecurity mm -hmm. you know spiritualized fear mm -hmm. to say that um, and so I think through the EP it is a lot those songs I don't want to slight them or anything but those songs most of them maybe not all are me trying to sound like something that I liked at the time mm. I like this style of music I listen to this style of music can I try to sound like that? And this album was me finally saying like, I'm going to try to sound like how I sound and what I like, like um, instead of trying to sound like somebody else. And that felt very freeing in a way that I didn't quite expect. Yeah. Yeah. So when you said, what did you say? I got more like... Um, mature. 
my senses got more cute. I was oh, intuition. Say, I, yeah, my, yeah. I was gonna just gonna say I got bossier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like definitely. a lot right. more like. <laughs> but there's definitely something to be said for that opinion and and being, yeah. Whether it's confidence or just like groundedness in like no i actually want to fight for this thing that i think yeah whereas like the previous time it was kind of like i'm so new i'm not really sure what i'm supposed to fight for or just kind of like let other people weigh in on and like i just have no idea what i'm doing i deferred to everybody Um, because i didn't think that i was good enough and they were all the ones including the musicians the like everybody else were the ones who were qualified to do this i was mm. not and so i let I, I just assumed that they had better ideas than me. So mm-hmm. I kind of went in that direction. And it's not to say they didn't have great ideas, but I think there was a kind of a freedom that came in me to realize, oh, you have ideas too. <laughs> That's okay. And it's also your music. Exactly. Right, yeah. 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 What so, did it feel technically? What do you mean? Like, did you feel like the recording process itself did you what like how did that feel gone from i loved it mm. i mean we've talked a bit about um so i guess we haven't officially said this on the podcast but our kids ended up getting the stomach flu through <laughs> in the week that we were recording this album um mark and i have two kids and they were supposed to be gone at my parents house for the week and they both ended up puking so that didn't happen so there's a lot more like things to juggle which felt at first really disheartening um but then i don't know if it's just being a parent makes you just things go awry a lot and there was something kind of great to me about like all right i have just this x amount of hours that i have to get this done mm-hmm. like our good friend like our Chad Gardner let us use his studio, which was so mm. nice. And we had it for five days total, mm. I think. And then they were coming home. Yeah. Um, and thank you, Chad, for letting me be there for six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Chad. If you're listening, we love you. <laughs> yeah. So it just felt very like, okay, this is it. This is, this is what you're going to do. You don't yeah. have any other like questions and you're not overthinking the thing. Cause you can't overthink it because you're in the studio mm-hmm. for such a small amount of time. So to me, it was like, let's just do this. Let's get it done. Like it didn't feel, that didn't feel like a time pressure that made it worse. If anything, it made it, I don't know, more fun somehow. But even you were saying just before we recorded this too, like how much more natural the vocal recording process was. I mean, you had Mm -hmm. these times where you were there late or whatever, and it was just like sitting on a couch and not being not doubting yourself and wondering how you sounded and just kind of being more comfortable on the mic and just those small things. Well, some of that is also Dan and the way that he records that I think we've learned well that it, it, it jives well together to where a lot of people for recording vocals, you'd want to be in like a soundproof room and everything is very um, like a controlled sort of spot and this was literally just a microphone. I was sitting on a couch in a wide in open a room, room yeah. and I just like closed my eyes sitting cross-legged and recorded most of the vocals, which I was able to give a way more honest like performance because of that. Um, because it wasn't, it didn't feel so stiff and like yeah. pressured of an environment. And so I think that just ends up being that, I don't know if both of us, like Dan and I are more like, yeah, sure, let's roll with it. Let's just do it. And And that ends up, working well i i love that too because it i don't 
I think a lot of that comes from just like learning to record in my parents' basement. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I was a like, like kid and just you don't, you have access to what you have access to, you know? And so um, it, I still like every time I'm in like a bigger studio, which isn't that often, but every time I am, it's like, it, there is like some like magical element to it, but it is also feels like a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of that's really good. And some of that can sometimes be a bit cri- crippling. Yeah. And so I think just the safety of being, I think there's something to me too, like I didn't go to school for it. So I just like learned how to do it at home. And so the comfort of being in a space that feels homey feels, I don't know, just, I love that idea. Yeah. So and we, cool. we'd mentioned that, like, how do we mm-hmm. make, how do we encapsulate the feeling of like sitting in your living room making music? Yeah. And and we still wanted to do it with a high quality, recording quality, but to have that relaxed and honest sort of sound um, which I think we mostly did. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. so too. Let us know if that comes through. Tweet at us at, um, our, our Twitter is the, I am certain, certain that no, this no. is a podcast <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no. it, it, we'll try and snatch that. It after doesn't, this. doesn't exist. <laughs> Song number one, which is called Blessed, not to be confused with blessed. Hashtag blessed. Um, so yeah, first song on the album. What do you want to say first? I mean, this is clearly like from the Beatitudes, like kind of inspired lyrically, um, kind of just this beautifully like cinematic kind of sounding song. Like, um, Yeah. Where, where did it come from and how did it end up as track number one? Great questions, Mark. Um, okay. So I wrote this song. Oh, I think it probably was in 2019. I was joking earlier that it was 2019. I think it really was. Um, I remember looking through the Beatitudes. I grew up in church, so I knew the Beatitudes as a kid. I, um, would read them, never understood them. Because, yeah, that none of them seem like all that great. Like, blessed are the meek. Eh. Blessed are those who mourn. I don't like crying. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Like, no, I don't want that. I did not get it as a kid. And blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. The picture that always came to my mind was, like, a kid who runs, skins their knee, but then their mom comes and hugs them. And it's like, well, at least you have somebody to comfort you if if you're sad. And that's what I assumed that it meant. Um, and I was praying through that, reading those those um, ideas, and this just thought came to mind of, I wonder if I have had it backwards, that rather than if I mourn, then God will come and comfort me. What if God is more saying, um, this is the way that it is. Only those who mourn receive comfort. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted because in the very act of mourning, that's how you get comfort. And to me, I saw it as a, um, <laughs> this is gonna sound silly, but if you imagine like a picture of like um, inside our hearts, there's grief or um, let's say anxiety and it's it's in there and people don't want to feel their anxiety. And if you kind of stuff it down, 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 that 
those bad feelings just stay in there, trapped. If you can release them, like through tears, it's kind of the picture, they can get out and you can be free of, of the bad feelings, the, the hard feelings, the anxiety feelings, the grief feelings, whatever. If you do the act to feel those feelings, they can come out and be, you can be free of them. If they stay in, if you're avoiding them or pushing them down or stuffing them down, um, they just stay in there. And you never actually can be free um, of them. It's kind of that counterintuitive idea. So in some senses, that's that was kind of where this came from, this idea that it actually takes strength to feel your feelings. Whereas sometimes in culture, um, emotions are seen as like the opposite of logic. Like it's good to be logical, it's bad to be emotional. Being emotional is a sign of weakness, that kind of thing. And for me, it just had this like, mind warp moment of like, whoa, Jesus knew it all along. He's telling us <laughs> like, um, this is the, this is the way to do it. You have to, you have to feel your feelings. So that's kind of where this came from. What led you to that idea? The idea of like, if you mourn, you'll be comforted. Do, do you remember why, like what happened there? I think I was literally praying and reading that scripture. Like asking the questions, like, what is this kind of thing? Just like reading it and was like, these don't, yeah. And then I just kind Whoa. of had this like yeah. thought in my mind. That is a really cool turn to have. Yeah. Because I would totally agree with you on that. It's like when I read that, it, it makes me think of like the reversal of what actually is true. Hmm. You know, that's that's really, really cool. Yeah. And initially when I was writing this song, I kind of liked I was trying to write about more of the Beatitudes also in that sort of way. But lyrically, this was the one that was that stuck mm -hmm. that had the most kind of like inspiration to it. And for a long time, our whiteboard on our fridge had like these oh, couplets yeah. written out. Cause I lyrically, this was probably my hardest song to write because um, it's not as, it's not a personal story, like coming from something that happened, you know, it's more like, me These statements of yeah, yeah statements of the way that life is or something like mm -hmm. that and so it took me a long time because I was I wanted I wanted to say what I really meant <laughs> or like what I was trying to get across and so especially in like the second half of the song where it goes more into the blessed are the soft blessed are those who choose kindness blessed are you know those kinds of ones took longer for me to write out yeah, I was I was actually just going to go to that next lines. Um where did you connect that idea of like safety cuz that's another line. Blessed are the safe ones. Yes. It kind of is like the crux of the song it feels like as it kind of turns. Blessed are the safe ones. Well, so that one can also be free, you know. It's kind of, that one's kind of hard. It, so lyrically, that was just the last line of the song because the line before it says, um, blessed are the truth tellers when the truth reveals their bad. Blessed are the safe ones who love the good and bad. And that picture to me was like, if you think in marriage um, or a close friendship, when somebody has the courage to tell about the bad inside of them, to tell the thing that they really don't want to and tell the truth, and then the person who's listening has has the safety to hear the bad thing and still love that person. 
um, that it kind of takes like both people in that in that instance. But the reason it ends up saying "Blessed are the safe ones," they can be free. That was more just musically that like it they kind of work together. But I also love like kind of up to your own interpretation. Yeah, Blessed are the well, safe yeah, ones. And the, they can and, be free. <laughs> and the freedom thing is kind of this repeating theme that goes through other parts, you know, and that and that gets repeated a lot of times, which I think works. But I. Will, I haven't really thought about the lyric, but that's really cool. What was the what was the one you just said about the free? Blessed are the safe ones; they'll be free. They can be free. They can be free. That's such a cool line because it makes me that because that's at the very end of the song, right? Mm-hmm. It's cool because all of the things that the Beatitudes are kind of showing is the kind of what I was. I'm just connecting the dots right now, so I'm working this out in real time, <laughs> which for anyone listening, I'm an external processor, so... So you're welcome. So this Giddy is, up for this the is next normal. eight episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, the reality is that, like, safety is almost, like, always available to us internally. You know what I mean? And I think that's part of, like, the idea of, like, the spirit being with us. So I love that idea that all of it kind of culminates in you can be free and you can also be safe. You know, it's just really cool. Yeah. I think the freedom for me, it's like an emotional freedom is I think what I'm talking about. The freedom to like, to be free from, and yeah, I just think a lot, some of this was kind of a statement against, it's not like, I don't know, but it, it was against this idea that, um, some people just don't have as many emotions. Some mm-hmm. people just don't feel as much. And I want to say BS. I don't believe it. Yeah. I think that all humans feel deeply. Yeah. Some people just don't know how to, haven't yeah. been given the tools or don't want to. But I think the picture that we see in the Bible is like very emotionally alive people. And I think if anything else, and we'll get more into this in coming episodes because... uh. I write more songs about this, but a lot of what's on my heart right now is kind of um, people who have left the faith and who end up calling a lot of, um, I would say, relatively apt critique towards the church. And one of those is that people in the church don't know how to feel their emotions. Yeah, And there's a part of me that wants to say like, okay, that's fine. And Mm -hmm. I actually can see what you're saying here, Mm -hmm. but you can't find that in the Bible. Mm -hmm. You can't find that in scripture. And so how can we again and again say, no, Jesus actually talked about this one. So yes, I know that emotional intelligence is popular right now in society. Like that's We can all get on board with that. I want to say Jesus said it first. So that's that's (laughs) like a bit of what this song is saying too. No, that's cool. A little controversial spice, you know? Pep it up. <laughs> it's like the least controversial <laughs> Really? <comment>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Jesus preceded emotional intelligence. Sorry, I, I, I just mean, it. I mean, never mind. It's probably controversial in a particular world of Christianity. There you yeah, go. Yeah, that's, that's all. What I mean. I'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> how many of those will we find in this podcast? Know, yeah. And how many will still... Make their Remain. way into it. <laughs> I guess, is there anything else about the songwriting um, or what we ended up recording that's that stuck out to you on this song? Um, I mean, we'll get into more of this on other ones, but this is sort of the beginning of somewhat of a new 
addition to songs that you have on this record that you'll hear throughout the whole thing, which is these like extra these extra vocal layers. This has all these like mm, things going on in the background and kind of you know, especially as it builds up. Um, is there anything? Yeah, I mean, worth I talk worth mentioning. You know, that yeah. stuck out to you. I really liked th- this one was the easiest one to record. Mm-hmm. This one had one mix, literally one. Like there were, I we were up it. to mix like eight it. on some of the other ones. Yeah. Like they were just harder to figure out like how to make them sound like what we wanted. This song was just a delight. It like all came together really well. I want to toot my own horn. I did. This is the only drum beat I came up with on the album. So <laughs> I'm terrible at drums, which is why I'm saying this. Mark, my husband here, the uh, host of the I Am Certain That This Is A Podcast podcast, yes, was the drummer on this album. Yes, I was. And Tone Advisor. What? Tone Advisor. Drum Tone? Or just, just tone. all Tone? Just all Tone Advisor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much advising. I oh, mean, my yeah. gosh. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on. You deserve that Thank credit. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate You're that. You're very welcome. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, yeah, your, it's true. Put that on your resume. I, I definitely will. Yes. This song is easy. It's like, I think there's three chords maximum. It just, it worked really (laughs) well. And that kind of cinematic thing, I think you do hear. There's a lot of layers to it, but it's not hard. It's not like a complicated song. Um, There are, there's like vocal hums that are nice. The strings are really beautiful. Brian Eichelberger did those. Yes. Um, And so there's cool textures to the song that we were able to add, but I don't know. I will say one thing. Oh, were you going to say something? I was just going to say it is very, to me, it's a very like pleasing song. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I feel like this could be put in the background of like a video montage and just fit like perfectly nicely. You Come know, on all you indie filmmakers. It, yeah. Uh, Please and it's just, pay us the big bucks. <laughs> it's just nice. It's a nice sounding song. Yeah. It's like, there's nothing like overly surprising, which it feels comfortable and good. Yeah. You know? Um, I really, one thing I hope the people listening will do, which mm-hmm. probably no one will do, but yeah, I hope come on. one person will do. I really do think that this record should be one that you put on with headphones and just like close your eyes and listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That is the one thing I've done. You think it. not one person will do that? I'll do it. Well, then two will do it because I, I already keep, have. I will keep doing it. <laughs> I hope, I, I mean, I hope people do it. I don't know how many people do that stuff anymore, but I've done that like probably seven or eight, nine times with this album. And I, I just always hear cool things again with it. Mm-hmm. that feel really special. There you heard it. Listeners of this podcast, reach out. Number one, headphones. Number two, whole album, whole front album. to back, front to back, and then loop it. All night long <laughs> until you fall asleep. Actually, that'd be great because streaming. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. We need to get our fans to be just as dedicated as the BTS fans who stream their songs incredibly. Well, maybe that's as good a spot as any to wrap this episode. Um, thank you for coming on. Thank you for starting the podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you this for go- hosting the Thank podcast. You. This is going to be fun. We will be on to the next song in the next episode. But for now, here is the song Blessed. Blessed.
They can be free 